Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglialoro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment. Radio Network. Of course, we are rebroadcast and redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So as always, we thank you for joining us, no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. And we got a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Dave Hastings. Hopefully we get a return for Eric Pfeiffer, or Larry Schmelrose, one of those two. Hopefully we get them. We got a lot to talk about tonight, folks. We got hockey playoffs getting ready to start. We got basketball. We are beginning the NBA playing tournaments tonight. The seventh seed uh, will be determined in the both the Eastern and the Western Conference, because we got in the East, you got Atlanta going into Miami to take on the Hawks at 730. And then the late game tonight, you got the Minnesota Timberwolves going into Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. The nine and 10 seeds play um, over the next two days, I believe. Uh, And then the full playoff starting full swing. Um, I believe Sunday, if I am not mistaken on that, the winner of the nine and 10, um, matchups take on the loser of tonight's games and whoever comes out of there, whoever gets that eighth seed is going to wind up taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. And then the winner of the seven seed takes on the um, Boston Celtics. And then we'll talk about all that in a second here because we're waiting for him to come on. All right. Get this ready because we have to welcome in tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Hastings is with us. Dave, how you doing? Not too bad, Mike. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. All right, hey, and we got a double. We got we got two for the price of one here. Very nice. So we got you here, and we're gonna welcome him in tonight. Once he gets ready, there he is. Larry Schmelrose is here. Larry, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. So we got you both here to start off, and I will let you guys decide because uh, we got the playing tournament going for basketball. We only got about two, three games left for most teams in the NHL before the playoffs start. You guys can decide which one would you like to go first. Uh, I mean, Schmelrose missed this last week, so I, I think uh, it's only right to let him only take fair. off and get us going. Absolutely. All right, Schmelrose, and welcome back to Larry Schmelrose. Yes. Um, so playoff picture is just about set right now. Um, Like I said, there's only about two or three games left for each team, and there's only one playoff spot. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's only one playoff spot left um, up for grabs in the Western Conference. 
one spot uh, Atlantic Conference wild card, one spot Metropolitan wild card in the Eastern Conference. So with that, what are you looking forward to over the next week, buddy? Well, we got this. This is a big game for the Devils tonight and the Sabres, believe it or not. The Sabres are actually uh, surprisingly making a push for the last wild card spot. Um, they're mm-hmm. at 79 points um, with uh, two points back on the two teams that are in there. They're also a point back on the Penguins, which is important to note. Penguins are on the outside looking in a point back. Um, but the big one for me is the Devils are dropping the puck with the Sabres right now as we speak. And if the Devils can win this game and get two points, um, they've solidified their home ice advantage against uh, if they end up playing the Rangers. Also, um, it would put them a point ahead of Carolina, but Carolina also has two games to play, uh, as well as the Devils, including tonight's game, have two games left to play. And the, the Hurricanes currently have a one-point lead on the Devils. So the Devils still have a shot at the Metropolitan Division. Um but if they can win tonight, they guarantee the Rangers to be uh, not ahead of them, at least. The Rangers still have uh, – well, I, I think that Carolina has a tiebreaker. So the Rangers are pretty much locked into that third-place Metropolitan uh, lead there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, I was wrong. The Sabres are four points back um, with an extra game to play. You know, I would be surprised if the Sabres made it. I think that the the big battle is for between the Islanders, Panthers, and Penguins to see who's going to get those two wild card spots. Um, I don't believe the Sabres will be there. Mm. But uh, it's been a great year for the Devils. Um, it's important to note that Luke Hughes, the brother of Jack Hughes, who was playing for Michigan, uh, Michigan was knocked out in the Frozen Four. Um, and Luke Hughes joined the Devils, is in the lineup tonight, dressed mm. And playing, so that's something. Well, you know, two games left to go. You want to give the guy uh, some ice, see what he does, see if he's somebody you want to use in the playoffs or not. Um, so tonight's a good night to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm interested to see. You know, some people out there, some scouts have said he's the best of the three Hughes brothers, as you know. Quinn plays over in Vancouver. I know my brother and I are both big on hoping that one day all three Hughes brothers will be a Devil or will be yeah. Devils. Um, in the last game, Jack tied Patrick Eliash's single season points record at 96. So he's looking to break that record tonight. Something that he has personally said that he really wants to break, but also for devils fans, it's good to hear that he said he's plans to be a devil for a long time to come. Um, so he's really enjoying his place in this organization, um, which is great because you have Nico Heischer, who's the captain. And sometimes when you have a guy as dynamic as Jack Hughes, uh, he might take offense to that, but he's a very humble guy. You can tell from his interviews, he's all business. Um, and it's exciting to see uh, what his career is going to unfold as as well. Because you got to remember, he's only 21 years old. And he's mm-hmm. already breaking single season point records for the team. Uh, Timo Myers got 40 goals this season. First time in his career, he scored 40. I believe he scored like 31 with San Jose and nine of them with the Devils. But he's been heating up as of late over the last few games. Um, and I think they've figured out the line combinations and everything like that. And then the Devils played a very spirited, tough 2-1 loss to Boston, who we all know is uh, setting records for the most points ever by an NHL franchise in a single season. Um, so, you know, they played them. 
Boston got out to a quick 2 nothing lead. The second goal was a bad goal. Devils played Blackwood that night. Um, but as I was watching the pregame, you hear a guy like Mark Messier. Bleh! I hate Mark Messier. Anyway, you hear a guy like Mark Messier. You know, a lot of people were questioning the decision to start Blackwood over Vanacek. Uh, some guy even came up with a conspiracy that, well, the Devils might want to, they'd rather play the Rangers because they have a better record against them. And the Islanders are kind of built to beat a team like the Devils. So maybe they're trying to avoid having to play. That's all malarkey. Uh, the way Messier put it is correct. These guys have mapped out basically a month in advance of the schedule that their goaltenders are going to play, uh, barring any injuries or unforeseen happenings happening. Um, so um, it was just his turn to play the game, happened to be against Boston, happened to be a big game for both teams as Boston was trying to set a record, uh, and the Devils were trying to climb up in the standings. You had a uh, pretty big – yesterday you had both Carolina and the Rangers lost. Rangers lost an OT or shootout, I believe, so they ended up with getting a point out of the game, and um, Carolina lost outright. So that gave the Devils a little bit of a window to try and – uh, climb to the top of the Metropolitan Division. Mm. Interesting. Um, let me ask you something, because I, I just took a look at Boston's point total there. 295 goals scored, it looks like, against uh, only 171 scored against them. Have there been a – you tell me, teams hit 300 points with any sort of consistency? No, not with any sort of consistency. And uh, what I meant by points is their point total from wins and losses and stuff like that. Uh, oh, they're both pretty high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you don't generally see a team with a uh, you know having played eighty games in the season with only twelve losses. I mean, and five overtime losses, sixty three wins. Um, I believe that's an overall point total uh, record in the NHL. I don't know what the exact number was, but I think it was the game against the Devils that put them over the top of that that mark nice nice um, but they're getting banged up you know the crazy thing is too is pavel zaka uh scored both goals for boston against the devils in that 2-1 win for boston uh, pavel zaka is the guy that they traded to boston this offseason uh things just weren't working out he was a good player um he was uh i guess struggling with the day in and day out of being a pro uh, it seems like over in Boston, he's figured it out, and you're only really hearing good things about him over there. Um, but it is the guy that the Devils traded, and he ended up with both goals against them in that game. Mm. Well, sometimes things like that just happen. Yeah. It's the way it is. Trust me. I've seen that happen enough in being on the receiving end of someone who's no longer on the team. I, I get you on that one. Um, Going around, I know one of the – the big headlines in tonight's games, uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay, um, I guess they're meeting in the playoffs too. So this is like a preview of that. I can't remember what Tampa Bay did last year, but I know we talked about Toronto a couple weeks back with, are they ever going to change that narrative? How do you see the next week going for Toronto against Tampa Bay on that? Uh, I honestly, you know, as I said, well, uh, just to refresh your memory, the Lightning made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Right. Okay. Being two-time Stanley Cup champions, I believe, going into that year. So I think they've been in three of the last three Stanley Cup Finals out of the East. Um, I think time's run out for them. Not that they're not a great team. And, you know, a team like that knows how to turn it on in the playoffs. Um, For me, I picked Toronto out of the East. Um, and I'm sticking with it. 
Okay. I think Toronto's a very good team. I think they made the right moves at the trade deadline, adding a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. Um, so I think Toronto's in a position to beat them this year and get out of the first round and finally get over that hump. Um, you know, no guarantees, obviously. There's going to be that chatter in the back of their minds, but if they haven't learned in the last couple of years how to put that aside and just play the games in front of them, then, you know, I don't know that this group of guys will ever learn because you need to just block all that bull crap out and go play hockey. I still mm. believe that Toronto is the team out of the East. I know the Bruins have had this record-setting year, and they've played some great hockey. Seems that they are slowing down and getting a little banged up towards the end of the year here, even though they did just get Taylor Hall back. Um, you know, I, be, I'm, I believe Boston gets out of the first round. I don't believe they get out of the second round. As good as they've played this year, I think it's too much too soon. I think the President's Trophy curse is a thing, um, not because it's a, a whimsical type of magical curse, yeah. but just, just because, you know, it's an 82-game season, and when you grind out 60-some-odd wins in an 82-game season, do you have 16 more in you to win the Cup? And I just don't think they do. Mm. Maybe maybe I'm in the minority there. Um but I, I, I can see a second round exit there. Mm. Okay. Dave, you got anything you want to throw to Mr. Schmelrose here? Uh, I mean, I got to be at the Devils game last Thursday and watch him put up eight goals against a, uh, needless to say, not very good Blue Jackets team. Uh, so nice. that was a lot of fun. Um, Schmelrose, I definitely got to see what you meant when you talked about how they, how they play with the speed. Um, they were even getting a little fancy with little heel tip, uh, heel kick uh, passes um, without using their stick. Or it didn't work the first time, but the second time they did it and it led to a goal. And I was like, that was one of the sickest things I've ever seen. Um, I thought that was just cool as hell. And I don't know if I would have caught it on TV. Um, thankfully, it was also behind the goal that they shot at twice. So I got to see about six <laughs> goals. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, they do look good. I'm excited for Hughes' brother to play and, and, you know, get some ice time in the NHL. Even if he doesn't get put on the playoff roster, um, you know, hopefully he's got a long, fun career ahead of him with his brother, uh, both in Jersey. Um, but overall, I think the the intriguing part is, like, you were talking about, you know, oh, they played uh, Blackwood because they're trying to set it that they get the Rangers like I mean to me what better way to have New York sports go into the playoffs and have continue the rebound year um that it's been I mean we've got to remember that like the Rangers were the first like team to do something special in this area last year uh for the first time in over five years uh between the Knicks the Nets the Devils the Rangers the Giants the Jets um, and to see the two of them meet in the first round, I think would be really awesome. Uh, I don't think, and Schmeros, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's any way the standings could end up where we got them in the Eastern Conference Finals. So why not get it in the first round? Um, and I think that'd be a lot of fun. And it gives me more opportunities to make at least one of the games. So um, that's really kind of where I'm at. Uh, I'm definitely uh, ready for the Devils to be in the playoffs again. And I am also in need of getting a new Devils jersey because I realized I was one of the only people at the game wearing a Taylor Hall jersey. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll read that in my life. So 
you said you were at that game against Columbus. Did you see Eric? I did not see Eric. Was he? At, he was at the game. He was at the game. He was texting me about it all night, and I'm going to ask you the same question I asked him. Uh, and he, you know, agreed. Uh, but when Jack Hughes is on the ice, you don't even need to see his number, right? You can just tell he's out there, and he's that much better than everybody else on the ice. Would you agree? Oh my God! Yeah, him and uh, the guy they traded for. You said his name before. Yeah, like, I mean, they, the two of them just look different, but Hughes 100% was, you didn't need to see the jersey number. You could just tell by either the, the puck handling, the movement, the the ability to find open areas on the ice, uh, the passing, I mean. Skating, it, it, everything. Yeah, he just, he just pops. Um, like, it, it's. Very few athletes in any sport uh, have the ability to stick out amongst their their peers, um, and he is one of those guys. And and again, I, I would love to love to see him wear that Devils jersey for a very very long time. Well, I know he's he's inked for a while now, so that might be a good jersey to buy. Um, I personally I stick with my old school jerseys because every time I get a jersey, they end up retiring or leaving the team. So I don't like to jinx players that I want to stick around. Um, I regret not buying a Colin White jersey much sooner because I couldn't stand that guy. But um, <laughs> uh, I just couldn't wear that jersey. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's um, that's when when a guy like that plays at the highest level and stands out just from the moment he steps on the ice, just the way he moves and skates and plays. Um, that is what you would call a generational talent, and it's amazing to have one of those here in New Jersey. Nice. And um, let me ask you guys something. Okay, so Dave, you were at the the game. I heard this was brought up, I don't remember how, a few weeks back. The guy who chose Columbus over signing with the Devils, Johnny Gaudreau, how'd he do? Uh, well, he was injured. In that. I don't believe he played in that game because he's been injured. And uh, Columbus is the bottom of the barrel in the Eastern Conference, which is great to see because I was uh, pretty offended. Uh, he took less money to go to Columbus. Um, so happy you did that. Have fun over there. And uh, we don't need you. <laughs> nice. Um, I wanted to throw in one thing. This is in reference to something you said um, a while back. But um, Mark Messier, just so you know, I'm not the biggest Messier fan myself. Because I don't like the fact that his friend, Wayne Gretzky, took less money to come to the Rangers, and then he decided, yeah, I'm going to go to Vancouver. thought that was a scumbag move. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I do remember that happening, and I remember being very surprised that he didn't stick around to uh, play, you know, at Mess's, or Gretzky's last year. But I, I can't say I wasn't happy about it as a Devils fan. Yeah. Gretzky's all excited. He's like, I'm going to finish my career. I get to play with my friend. And then after a year, the friend goes, yeah, I want money. Bye. <sighs> all right. Dave, you got anything else you want to? Oh, sorry. Oh, no. You, that, that little statement made me laugh. Like, that's all. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to throw in, though? I uh, just wanted to talk maybe quickly about the West over there. Uh, oh, sure. You know, you have – the Seattle Kraken have cracked a hundred points um, as far as their win loss total. Um, and I find that to be pretty impressive as a second year team currently sitting in a wild card spot uh, with an actual chance 
to possibly move up. But I don't know for sure, you know, if that's going to happen because uh, I currently can't see the Kings games played. But um, <laughs> they do have a chance. They're only two points back on the Kings over there in the Pacific Division. Um, so they do have a chance to actually jump out of the wild card spot, which to me from the year they had last year to this year is pretty impressive. Um, it just means that they did the right things this offseason to sort of bolster their lineup after they had that uh, expansion draft. And then Colorado has just been on a tear for the last month or two of the season. Um, just were, went from 10th and rocketed up to the first spot in the Central, um, second in the West, or third in the West in point total points. And you have the Golden Knights who have quietly uh, taken that first spot in the West out there. Um, so, And then there's always the dangerous Connor McDavid, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, Oilers. Um, that you have to watch out for. You know, McDavid says uh, he's quoted in saying in an interview, I believe, last week that he wants to be in the record books as one of the greatest to ever play the game. And he understands that championships come along uh, with that title. Um, he's doing amazing things as far as scoring points and making NHL players look like, you know, minor leaguers out there. Uh, but he understands that he needs to win a Stanley Cup and he wants to win not just one, but multiple. And he wants to go down as a type of guy who can lead a team to do that. Um, so when, when you have a guy who's that good, driven like that, it's always dangerous. So uh, we talked a little bit about guys, you know, teams that could make a surprise run. Um, I know that there's a lot of people out there who think the Oilers do not have a complete team to be able to do so. But let's not forget they made it all the way to, I believe, the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, so keep an eye out for them there. It's always a chance that they make a run, but to me, the favorite in the West is still Colorado. This season. Mm, that was your pick in the uh, preseason. My, right? my, my preseason pick was the Colorado, Colorado avalanche versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. Uh, went out, went out on a limb with the Leafs this year. Um, you know, my, uh, in the Stanley Cup final and with the Leafs finally breaking the Canadian drought of since 1993, a, a Canadian hockey club has not won a Stanley Cup. Mm. Okay. All right. Dave, did you have anything else hockey-wise? Uh, nothing I can say any better than the uh, famous Melrose. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we'll move off of this. Hey, uh, Schmelrose, do you happen to know where Eric, uh, Eric Pfeiffer is right now? Uh, yeah, I'm right here. Oh, there you are. Good to, good to see you. Good to see you. I'm you not going to be able me? to pull it. Huh? You can see me? Yeah, man. I got that x-ray vision, and uh, this is what I'm choosing to use with it. Lucky you. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell I'm an overachiever. Anyway, um, all right. So good to have you, Mr. Pfeiffer. Um. So the only real football news that happened this week, unless you guys got something that maybe I'm forgetting here, Odell Beckham decides to sign a contract with the Baltimore Ravens. It is $15 million guaranteed, $18 million cap with what he can earn uh, in terms of incentives. And their quarterback situation, still in flux. What was you guys' reaction when you heard about the Beckham deal? Because my opinion, like, you're giving a guy who hasn't played in a year, coming off of his second ACL surgery, you're giving him that guaranteed money. Yeah, it's great. 
maybe you want to think about doing some of that with your quarterback so you actually have a quarterback. Be nice. Dave, go ahead. Well, I think the one thing all three of us will agree on first and foremost, since he was rumored to go to the Giants and Cowboys, is all of us are happy that our teams didn't spend that kind of money on Odell Beckham. Can all God damn right. Sorry. Fife, will you agree with that? Yeah, I can agree with that. Okay. Not saying I wouldn't have wanted Odell Beckham, but I would not have wanted Odell Beckham for 15 possibly $18 million. Nope. Um, but I think, ironically enough, and you've seen mixed reports, right? Some people are like, oh, this is going to hurt their chances with Lamar. Other people are like, oh, this could actually help their chances with Lamar. And I am on the side of this could actually help their chances with Lamar, um, even if it means he just plays on the one-year franchise tag, uh, simply due to the fact that after he signed, one of the first things that got posted on social media by Odell Beckham was him and uh, Lamar Jackson FaceTiming together. So I don't see if Lamar Jackson was pissed about this, why he would want to FaceTime with Odell and most likely spend some of that time talking about what they can do together as teammates. So I, I do think overall, uh, not that this helps the Odell saga and drama, or not the Odell, but the Lamar saga and drama, but I don't think it hurts anything. Mm. And that to me is the key. When it's all said and done, the Ravens have everything on their side. They can franchise tag him. He can choose not to sign it. And guess what? That means he can't play anywhere else. They put the first the two first-round tender on him. Teams would have to trade two first-round picks to get him. He can't play anywhere else, which basically means you're sitting on your ass doing nothing, just trying to stay in shape and maybe causing social media drama. And outside of that, you've got nothing. So, overall, I don't think it's a bad signing, especially when you really look at their wide receiver room. Um, they really don't have much in the way of options. They have the kid that played really well last year. Um, his name is leaving my brain right now. Uh, oh, I can't. Uh, I, can't I can't think of it. I can't remember what it is, though. But it starts with a what? The letter B. It's not Blackman. No, it's not Blackman. But either way, he had a decent – I think it was his rookie year or his second year. He played pretty well, uh, had some big plays for them. Um, but overall, their wide receiver room is pretty laughable. Um, it's Rashad which, Bateman, by the way. There you mm. go. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah. this, is, this is why we like you more than Schmelrose. Just don't tell him I said that. Uh, <laughs> But either way, like I, you know, that they needed a, a, a name that actually defense coordinators would have to game plan at least a little bit for. Um, and Odell gives them that. So overall, not against the signing. Glad Dallas didn't give away that kind of money. And I think it doesn't do anything to hurt their chances of getting Lamar to come. Uh, if anything, it just puts them basically exactly where they were before they signed Odell. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that point, though, that it can only help. It all depends on what the Ravens are willing to do to keep them there. Um, Fife, what do you got? You mean, I think it's I think this to me guarantees that Lamar is going to play on that franchise tag if they can't find a way to 
get him an extension that he finds suitable for himself. Um, like Dave said, they're FaceTiming together, but I think we all have known for a while, like Dave said, Bateman had a good year last year, but we've all known that they needed something other than Mark Andrews mm. uh, to be a weapon for Lamar downfield. Um, you know, he's got that. Everybody talks about, well, he can only run. He's not a real quarterback. People call him a running back. Um, but they, what have they really done? Like he has one big time playmaker and that guy has numbers every year when he's healthy. Um, so it just shows you that he is to me, that shows you that he is a good thrower. He is a good quarterback. He's able to find, go through his reads and make people miss and, and make defenses play him a certain way to open guys up. So you add a weapon on the outside. It's, I think it was good for Odell to take a year off, um, you know, fully rehab that knee before he came back, not rushing into anything. He ended up getting close to the money that he wanted. Um, you know, and then for him to get the full 18 million, I think he's got to get like, you know, 1300 yards. So he did kind of bet on himself a little bit, even though there is a lot of guaranteed money in play, but apparently the Ravens had some money to play around with for that wide receiver position. So you bring in a guy who is a veteran, who's a potential number one, for you downfield who can still play the game. I just, I, I think it's good for both sides. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just taking a look at um, the Ravens wide receivers here. Uh, I, I, I found it after you, uh, you said that, but um, adding Odell to this, this might be the most talented wide receiver group he's, he's had in his career because for the most part, what there were like three years there where he had um, Hollywood Brown and outside of him, he hasn't had a, a, you know, a legit receiver there. So with Beckham there now, you got Aguilar, who they added earlier in the offseason, and then you got Bateman, and you got the other guy, DuVernay, I believe is his name. I know he had some moments early on. Huh? Yeah, DuVernay. When, when Dever, du, DuVernay is a uh, splash fantasy player once in a while, you know that you need to upgrade your wide receiver. That is very <laughs> true. That is it. <laughs> it's a good point there, Fife. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much more to throw in on that one. Um, Beckham is Beckham. If he's right, we know what he can do. Dave, you said it perfectly. I wouldn't want him in the Cowboys locker room. I'm good on that. And, yeah, um, him and Jackson would be a lot of fun. We'll just see if it happens. I know this – I, I can't say it too much better than you guys did. This definitely makes him more likely to sign the tender if he can't find anybody else. It's still just ridiculous to me. Yeah, two first-round picks is a lot. These are the same teams crying that they don't have quarterback help, though. So, I mean, that part still kind of baffles my mind, but I know we've talked that one to death. Um, and as near as I could tell, that's the only thing major that happened in the football world, world this week, unless you guys saw something else. I actually did, and um, I don't know if, if maybe you guys saw this too. Um, there was a report that came out yesterday. Uh, you remember the untimely tragedy, uh, tragic death of Dwayne Haskins last season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, his family has filed a blackmail and robbery, robbery conspiracy lawsuit uh, claiming that he was drugged as part of an alleged blackmail and rob robbery conspiracy. Uh, the lawsuit was filed last month in Broward County, Florida, lists four individuals, two restaurants, a golf driving range, and a hotel as defendants connected to the alleged conspiracy. Um, 
he was struck by a dump truck. They're also suing the dump truck driver for uh, negligent acts uh, as a direct cause of Haskins' death. Um, I remember thinking about this, like, you know, the guy's walking down, I believe it was I-95 or something like that, or a major mm. highway uh, in Florida. And you got to, like, you're thinking, like, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, I, I you know. Anyway, his blood alcohol cont- uh, uh, levels came back as 0. 0.20 and 0. 0.24, um, which is well above the Florida legal limit of 0. 0.08. But the thing that is the most concerning to me Hang on, I'm, I'm just scrolling through here so I can get the actual names of the drugs. One of them I know for sure was ketamine was found in his system, um, and norketamine was also found in his system. Now, this is these are drugs that, for those who don't know, are used by medical professionals as uh, anesthetics, but have also been known to be used recreation, recreationally. But if anyone has any experience or knows what ketamine does, I mean, I couldn't tell you how I know, but... Um, it's not it's not really something that you know nfl players i i I think are using when they're going out and and having a night at the club or whatever um the last person he spoke to i believe was his wife and he said he was getting out of his car to get some gas and then she never heard from him again and then that she was the one who called 911 and another thing to note is that his very expensive watch was missing uh reportedly stolen before he was killed um, so there's some, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but there's some believability, I guess you would say, which might be a word I just made up to this lawsuit. And I don't believe that after a year, they probably were gathering evidence and information. I don't believe you just submit this into a court, um, you know, just because you, you're upset that you lost somebody. I think that there's some reasonability behind this This was reported by espn like i said yesterday um and i just wonder what you guys thought about it um you know apparently someone was trying to drug him up so they could rob him or uh blackmail him or both and i I, you know if that's the case i mean uh right now i believe it's just a civil lawsuit but i mean if they win this civil lawsuit i would hope that uh some charges would come forth on the individuals or businesses involved in this conspiracy Oh, yeah. Dave, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we knew it was a sad story from the beginning. Uh, but I remember when we talked about this, a lot of like the big thought process was like, what the fuck was thinking? And if this ends up turning out to be true, then the reality of the situation was he wasn't in any form or fashion to be able to think. And it was due to the actions and, and shadiness of other people. Um, and that's, that's scary, right? Like to think that, you know, people like, I mean, we, we know we live in a sick world, but to think people could do this to a man just because they want to, you know, rob him, it like just makes it even worse. Like it, it just, it's sad. It's disappointing. Um, if, if it did happen, then I, I hope his family wins the case and I, I hope they get some type of justice for what happened to him. And if it's not true, then I hope there's some kind of closure um, for his family to be able to move on and, and you know, mourn his loss. And yeah, I, I mean, that that's the thing, right? Something like this. It is where you wish you had like a legal expert, right? Somebody that could actually really truly talk on like, what does this mean? How does this impact? How does this work in a courthouse? But like, we don't know any of that stuff. What we do know is what happened was fucked up. And if what they're 
looking into ends up being true, it just makes a, a fucked up story even more fucked up. Yeah. Not too much more to throw in on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a sad story when we heard about it last year, like you said. Um, I did see that. Uh, I, I didn't see it as detailed as you, as you just gave it, but uh, I did see that yesterday. I, I hope there's justice for the family. If this really happened, you know, just hope they get the justice they deserve. And as far as like, not just NFL players, but any other professional athletes, like, I mean, if this is the type of stuff that's going down where people are trying to blackmail you for money or rob you or whatever, like, let's be careful, man. Watch that circle you keep around you. Um, maybe not everybody from your past needs to rise to the top with you. I think players are, are learning that over the years better than they used to. But like, just hopefully these professional athletes, and, and I know that for some people, there's not, they're millionaires to play a sport, but these guys work hard to get to where they get to. It takes yeah. a lot of time and effort. This is more than just a 40 hour a week uh, work day. Um, I mean, these guys physically are, are they, they just, they put their, their bodies through a lot in every sport uh, to make sure they're at the top of their game. So just, you know, don't let all that hard work go to waste. Just, just be careful out there and make sure you got the right people around you. Yeah. Well said. Well said. All right. Dave, did you have anything else football-wise you want to throw in? Um, I saw today the Lions traded Jeff uh, Okuda, I believe is how you say his last name, a cornerback uh, to the Atlanta Falcons for a fifth-round pick. Um, since their new GM and head coach have come in, uh, he is now the third first round pick that they were, that was taken before they came in, um, that they've traded away. And I, you just, I kind of, I just like, and I like the kid. I think he's got talent. Like, I think he's worth more than a fifth round pick. Um, but what I love is just, just seeing Detroit make moves and do things that, that, you know, gives them the opportunity to continue to compete. And, and if Rogers finally ever gets traded, you know, maybe compete for an NFC North title and, and a home playoff game, which I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I can only imagine how insane Detroit would be if they were actually hosting a playoff game. Cause I think it's been like <laughs> over 30 years since they've done that. It's been a long time <laughs> and forget winning one. I remember, God, I can't remember what year this was. It was whatever. Last time I remember them being in the playoffs was like the mid-90s. Barry was on their team the last time they hosted a playoff game. Yeah. The last yeah. time playoffs, they were at Dallas and lost to Dallas on the road. Oh, wow. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. I, listen, I saw that one. We've, ta we've talked about Detroit on this show in the past. If they have a good draft this year, there's no reason they can't be in the playoffs. So if they got to get rid of someone who they didn't choose, who hasn't panned out, there's nothing wrong with having a quick hook. What do you oh, say, I, Five? I, oh, I sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just saying I completely agree with that. Yeah. What do you say, Five? I'm sorry. I missed it. I was listening into the living room. My son was having a breakdown. <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> um, now nah, we're talking about the uh, the Lions trading their former number three draft pick to the Falcons, Okuda. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I, I don't fault any new regime that comes in and, and wants their guys. Um, and if that's all they were able to get, that's all they were able to get. Um, they have a, a mind, they have a, a something in their mind of how they want to build their franchise. And that kid didn't fit into it. And like Dave said, I did hear the part where Dave said that, uh, he, you know, he had a lot of talent and he, he seems like a pretty good corner. Um, he just wasn't fitting what the Lions wanted to do. So they moved him. And, uh, you know, hopefully it helps the Falcons and hopefully it's better for this kid and, and this team's a better fit for him. You know, mm. always wish the best for these guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, so we will keep moving here. Um, I'm going to bring this up now. I don't know, Fife, if this is something you follow, but it's funny. We were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago with Dave, so I figured I'd bring this up here. In um, the Masters at all? Uh, not so much a uh, golf guy myself. Oh, okay. Well, Dave, I figured I would bring it up because I know, like I said, we were talking about golf a couple of weeks ago. Masters was this weekend. The guy, John Rahm, won. Oh, was it Kepka blew a lead uh, on the final day? What would you think of the Masters? Yeah, I mean, Ke- uh, Kepka shot a plus three on Sunday while Rahm shot a minus three. So that was a six-stroke swing, and Rahm beat Kepka by four strokes. So hmm. – um, it was that kind of matchup, but it just wasn't Kepka's day, which I'm a fan of him, so that did kind of suck a little bit. But uh, I thought one of the coolest stories I saw come out of this was that um, over a little over 10 years ago, back in 2013, Rom opened a fortune cookie up that said something about your hard work is going to pay off, or like it was it was something about you know putting in the work and time to reach the goals that, you know, you, you have set for in your life. And he took a picture of it and tweeted it. And in his caption of his tweet, he wrote, I'm going to win the masters one day. Um, <laughs> and for that to happen 10 years, um, 10 years later, uh, is just pretty cool. And, you know, drives home that whole point of like, Hey, like when it's all really said and done, like, yeah, we all need need some help. We all need a break here or there. But a lot of things in life are based off of what what type of effort and 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 time you put in to reach those goals and and the things you want to achieve in your life. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Phil Mickelson getting tied for second with Kepka at minus eight as well. Um, that was pretty damn cool because I don't think he's had really the greatest uh, tournament year so far. Um, and then the amateur, I think his last name was Everett. Mm. I think that was uh, his name. I'm double checking right now. Uh, Bennett, I think, actually. Yeah, Bennett. Um, so, Bennett was, a, uh, was an amateur. He qualified to play for the tournament. They qualify, you know, X amount of amateurs to have a chance to play with the big boys on, on the tournament. Um, what I thought was hysterical, though, was he gets to play in the Masters. All in all, played pretty well. Finished at uh, plus two for the, the four-day tournament, which in, you know, real life is a hell of a, a four-day uh, weekend um, of playing golf, being just plus two and only 22 or 23 years old. Um, but what I thought was really funny is that he got recognized for how well he played and played well enough. Um, you have to fi- if you finish in the top twelve as an amateur, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't end up making it. But I think if you finish in the top 12 as an amateur, you automatically get invited to the following year's Masters. So he came close to that, but he's still in college over at Texas A&M. And after the tournament, this kid had to go back to school so that he could watch, uh, so that he could play in a school tournament of 36 holes, so two days of golf where there's no caddies. He has to carry his own bag. You get no cart, nothing like that. So this guy went from the lapse of luxury of playing golf to literally going back to college and having to carry his own bag and, and deal with all his own shit with no caddy or help at all. So uh, I thought that was just a little bit of a funny little tidbit for an amateur that really impressed a lot of people this weekend. So those were really my takeaways from the Masters. Oh, and Tiger... Tiger really needs to step away. He just, mm. he just keeps getting hurt. Yeah. You know, one thing I do know about golf is they're still putting Tiger on the cover of all the golf video games. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Actually, well, the, he was on the, he's on the newest golf game that came out. It was the first time he was on a cover in a decade. Was it really? <laughs> Yeah, because they they took him off first because of all the you know the uh, you know eighteen different girls he slept with, and yeah. she with and all that, and then they actually didn't release a golf game. They just didn't come out with one for years. Uh, the PGA didn't want to give the licensing to EA, and nobody, no other golf game creators wanted to spend what uh, the PGA was asking for. So it, it was the the first the first golf game that came out actually had Roy McIlroy on it. I played that one. Yep, uh, but the one that just came out this year, they finally put Tiger back on there. Which is 2K. Yep. It's not It's not EA, right? It's 2K. Yeah, because the PGA didn't want to pay EA what they wanted. Well, and, 2, and 2K was like, we'll pay it. Well, listen, guys, um, is that, you know, it's uh, bedtime here in my house, so I got to go out and help out with some bedtime. So I'm going to wrap it up here um, I, for myself personally. I do have a bit of bad news for you gentlemen. What's that? Uh, generally, the rink I play at has one indoor and one outdoor rink. Um, so they're able to make the games, you know, each there's two games. Everybody plays at 8.30 or 8.45 or whatever it is. Um, but in the springtime, obviously, you can't run an outdoor rink. Um, so it's down to one rink. So for the next two weeks, uh, my games start at 7.15 p.m. So uh, uh -huh. I'm not going to be able to make the next two weeks, which is tough because, you know, it's the first – first couple of weeks of playoff hockey um but i will be back so i'm i can't make the next two which are both in april and then i can make the one on may 2nd well let, let's talk about that one real quick because you you brought that up and i haven't had a chance to tell you guys this so that week's show um yeah, we're not going to be able to do that Tuesday because um, my brother is getting married this year and I'm a member of his groom's party. And the next day at like six in the morning, I'm supposed to be getting on a flight to go to Arizona. First time I'm ever leaving the East Coast. First time I've been on a plane since I was like five years old. So this is going to be very interesting, but uh, we're probably going to have to do it on the Monday for us to do a show that week. Well, hey, um, I'm if if either of you, I know, like I don't like things to be changed for me, but if either of you guys are available on a different day, um, you know, in the next two weeks, I'd be up for something like that if we discuss it. If not, I completely understand. Um, 
I'm I'm open. I'm open to it. Yeah, well, don't don't bend it if your schedules don't work. You know, Um, but you know, if if it's possible, that'd be cool. If not, I completely understand. Mm. I'm sure we find a way to make things work here. So we'll uh, we'll 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 chat throughout the week leading up to it, and I'm sure we can come up with a game plan. Yeah, and we'll make sure our millions and millions of viewers uh, get the or listeners. I'm sorry, get the memo. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. All right, right, boys, you guys have a good night. And uh, I haven't said it in a while, so I'm going to say it now. Let's play hockey. Devils are up (laughs) one nothing. (laughs) Let's play Uh, hockey. Have a good night, my man. Later, fellas. Yep. Eric Pfeiffer, Larry Schmelrose, thank you both for being with us here tonight. Yeah. So to get back to um, what we were talking about here, let me ask you, did you hear what came out like a month or two ago? The woman who I guess, I, I don't know if she was suing Tiger or what, but apparently she was dating Tiger. Tiger told her to meet her at the airport and he just used it as an excuse to kick her out of the house. I did hear about that and I thought <laughs> it was hysterical. Oh, that was great. <laughs> tried to sue him yet they weren't married they weren't engaged and he covered her plane ticket and got her the hell out of there so what are you suing him (laughs) yeah and you lived like a king up until that point you're trying to say you didn't take any money with you come on yeah like i'm sure you're fine i I don't and nor do i think she can afford lawyers that better than what tiger can afford oh yeah oh yeah he's practiced at this point at this point seeing that it's just like oh child's play get away from me in that all right yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I, here's one question I want to ask you, and then we can move off the Masters. So I heard a lot of conjecture about tension between the live golf guys and the regular PGA guys. Was that just, huh? I didn't say I anything. I heard. Oh, okay. No. I heard. All right. I heard something. Fair enough. Um, was that just all the podcast guys trying to have something to talk about during the week, or were there, was there actually like a noticeable tension between the PGA guys and the live and the live guys? Nothing that I have heard about. What okay. I have, the only thing I heard was that Kepka kind of um, got pissed off at the group ahead of him due to the fact that they were playing, they weren't playing at, at a pace that he liked. I but, did hear, I did hear that as well. Go ahead. Yeah. But that's something that the PGA closely monitors. So if they were playing at a pace that the PGA found acceptable or unacceptable, then the PGA would have said something to him. Mm. So maybe they weren't playing at a pace that Kepka wanted them to play. Doesn't matter does not matter that's his problem that's his issue that's not an issue that anybody else brought up but him uh was never mentioned on the broadcast none of that stuff Mm. i have the same issue all the time nobody ever moves fast enough for me so i totally i totally get his point of view there um i i get you though it's not actionable problem um all right uh so with that we can move on here. We'll go to basketball real quick. So we got the play tournament starting tonight. Uh, I believe it's um, the winner gets the seven seed for both the games that are playing tonight. You got Atlanta taking on Miami. They got an early lead with about three minutes left in the first. Minnesota takes on the Lakers later on tonight. 
tomorrow, you see, I wasn't prepared for this. Tomorrow, you got Chicago taking on Toronto. And I believe the winner of that plays the loser of tonight's game. And the winner of that game would get the eighth seed. And the same would hold true tomorrow night at 930. You got OKC going to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I think you're going to see Miami pull it out against Atlanta, even though they're trailing right now. I think the Lakers are going to be able to beat Minnesota. I think Chicago is going to lose Toronto to Toronto because Toronto's been basically. I think that Toronto beat them three one in the season series. Um, the Thunder Pelicans game to me is the really only wild card. Um, and the main reason I say that is the Thunder are really building up a really young squad. And if they make the playoffs, then they're locked into a draft pick. Where if they don't, they get a, they're a lottery pick, and you never know what you can get out of that. And they can continue to build that young squad. Pelicans in a very similar boat, so that's going to be interesting. Um, but overall, I just like Chicago has struggled against Toronto all year. They do a really good job of shutting down Demar Derozan, um, and if he doesn't have a good game, it's hard for Chicago to beat a playoff caliber team. Um, and that, that's, that's what we might be looking at. So, um, I will do my best to watch that Bulls game. Um, sadly, I don't get <laughs> TNT or TBS or any of the stations that will be playing the game. Mm. So I have to find a way to watch that game, but either way, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I think your playing games will be fun, but the real fun will start when the playoffs actually get here. Yeah, and I know we got – oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. The only other thing – I saw somebody tweet this the other day, and I couldn't agree more, where they point out basically the fact the NBA season is just a waste of time. You have 30 teams – or 30 – yeah, 30 teams in the NBA, and the playoffs start tonight, and 20 of them are still alive. Yeah. But why? Why have two-thirds of your league playing for a chance – like? No, like I didn't like when the NFL expanded the playoffs to seven teams in each conference. Yeah. And that's not even half of their teams. And I still don't like it. And I am with you, brother, because you know how I feel about baseball playoff expansion. I'm not a fan of that. I was fine with it when it was four teams, fine with them when it was five teams. I'm living with it with six teams. You know, they want to do 16 for the baseball playoffs. No. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. You want to keep the regular season special. And the only way to do that is you have less teams than half the league make the playoffs. Anything more is just redundant. It's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. I no, no more than half. Like, I mean, they already had 16 of 30 making it. Now you got 20 of 30 fighting for it. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we got we got to also have a um, in season tournament there too. That was important. So I agree with you on that. Uh, but yeah, so you got four matchups already confirmed. Then you got the top two teams in each conference waiting on the winners of the playing games. Philadelphia taking on Brooklyn. That series starts on Saturday. Cleveland taking on the Knicks. That series also starts on Saturday. And then in the West, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies got the top two seeds there. 
Sacramento with the three seed taking on the Golden State Warriors at six and the Phoenix Suns at four taking on uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, the five seed. And those two games, uh, the Kings matchup starts on Saturday. The other one starts on Sunday. Yeah, I think your Knicks-Cavs is going to be a really good series. I think it'll be pretty hotly contested. And I honestly think either team can come out of that series with a win. So I think it's going to be pretty uh, – I think that one's going to be – that might be one of the more entertaining series in the first round. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the Knicks are whatever ESPN website this is. ESPN BBI says the Knicks are a 52% odds favorite. Um, I don't know. I, it, it's going to be interesting, you know, my mindset with these things. So I'm not going to come out of this and uh, definitively say that the Knicks can win. They've had a lot of things going in their favor so far. Cleveland's no slouch, though. Guys they got have always been a Jared Allen fan, Karis LeVert. The guy Garland's come on pretty good, and they got Donovan Mitchell. So that's a scary team. Oh, yeah. And I, I as a Bulls fan, we were talking before about seeing a guy leave your team and be successful. Chicago trades Laurie Market into Cleveland, and, and he turns into a, a baller. Like, you mm. got played three yeah. years in Chicago. The dude couldn't even get out of his own damn way. <laughs> yeah. And um, I see, is he on Utah or Phoenix now? I know he was in that Donovan Mitchell trade. Can't remember who he went to. I think it's Utah. Ah, well, if it makes you feel better, Utah didn't make the playoffs. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I want to ask you something um, that – actually happened i guess it was end of last week but i know the nba announced yesterday that they are investigating the dallas mavericks um tanking allegations i believe um for last week with two games left to go i believe mavericks knew they weren't making the playoffs so they benched both Kyrie and luca for the last two games and now as a result of being the 10th worst team in the nba and having a you know, a, a leg up on a top 10 draft pick uh, that pick that would have conveyed to the Knicks this year that was traded in the um, Chris Stapp's Porzingis deal. That may not happen now. So you heard about this. What'd you think? Oh, it was definitely tanking because they actually sure. still made the play in tournament. They couldn't clinch a playoff spot, but they could have made the play in tournament and they benched him anyway. So, like you said, the 10th best team, how many teams are alive in the playoffs? 20. Yeah. We're, like, I think, like a game or give or take half a game out. Could have made the play-in tournament and instead benched their stars. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's justifiable. I think they should get penalized the draft pick. And I think overall, they were do what they could do in hopes of not only keeping Luca happy by bringing in a young talent, but also keep Kyrie there as well. And uh, yeah, they might have shot themselves in the foot and played their hand too blatantly, and uh, going to suffer the consequences for it. So mm-hmm. I hope that's the case. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this one before. I've never had a problem with tanking when it was an abstract thing when it was something that you knew the front office was was doing in terms of 
you know, you're rebuilding. All right, we'll strip this team of any attractive assets. We will use those to get assets that may wind up helping us in the future. But that's all front office machinations. Once you get to the field, the idea for me was always, well, those guys are still trying. Those guys are still competing. Those guys want jobs elsewhere uh, beyond this season. So they're not going to do anything to hurt themselves. So they're going to do their best. I've always been fine with it when it was like that. This is the problem with the NBA, though, because we've talked before about, you know, we were talking last week about the fact that, you know, awards like the MVP, the sixth man, you have to play a certain amount of games right now to qualify those uh, for those beginning next season. This right here, this is what puts tanking in the spotlight, makes everybody feel like we can't do this anymore. When you have teams that, like you said, still could have qualified for that play-in tournament, decide to sit everybody so they don't lose their first-round draft pick this year. And that, and that's why you have to look into it. And that's why if they, if they can prove that they did it, which I just find it hard to believe they can't, um, that they should get penalized for it. You can't, you got, it's the same with the whole, you know, load management crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, Jesus, like, I don't know that, that, that stuff just bothers me. I, I get it. Right. Like, like you said, like if you're, if you're going into the season, <laughs> and spending that entire season with the mindset of, hey, we're 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 bombing it this year. Like, don't care. We 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 want the best draft pick possible. Look at the Detroit Pistons, right? They have they suck from week uh, the first game of the year. No problem. Uh, that that was the mindset of the franchise. They want to get the top pick. The kid coming out this year, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's you know a six foot ten. He's basically Kevin Durant reincarnated and some think he's better. Um, or has, That's Victor, right? His first name's Victor? Yeah, it's some crazy, like, hard-to-pronounce last name, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah, Web but something. Either way, like, all right, cool, get it. That was your game plan the entire time. You didn't hide it from nobody. And the teams that lost to you during the season kicked themselves in the ass the entire time. Outside of that, though, I, I just – it's not fair to the fans, the people that pay money for tickets, the people that wanted to go see Luca or see Kyrie. Like that, that's that's not fair. And it's not like an NBA ticket's twenty bucks where you're like, oh, whatever, it's just twenty bucks. Oh yeah, it, it would be nice if those prices were still in effect, not just for basketball games, but for other things. But yeah, no, we we don't live in that time anymore. So. I do think the one thing the NBA has shown, it's not like it's done anything to deter anything. They will find a team for something like this, though. Like, this might be the first one that I remember. But if their track record in terms of free agency is any indication, because I think the last two off seasons in a row, I think your Bulls got hit some uh, with something for tampering, tamper, quote unquote, tampering when you guys signed Lonzo Ball, and I think there was another one that happened this past offseason. So they'll find people, not like it's a deterrent or anything, but they will take action. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, mainly due to the fact that they won't do shit about the load load management stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be interesting uh, to see where that goes. 
Do you have anything else basketball-wise you wanted to add tonight? Uh, I mean, there was the uh, fist fight between Gobert and one of his teammates that happened, but that's not really like, oh, let's dive into it. More just like, why are you fighting your teammate? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know how else to say. It's like one of those things like that. Like your teammate got mad at you because you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. You got mad at him because you weren't doing what he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. But you're really going to come to the point where you're throwing throwing blows. I mean that that's a little mind blowing to me. So, mm. uh, but yeah, I mean that's part of why I don't really see Minnesota winning uh, when they play. Well, Gobert's not playing tonight, if I'm not mistaken. I heard he got suspended for tonight as a result of that, right? Yep. They suspended him for, for his actions because he was the one that actually swung. So, yeah. I mean, that that puts them at a disadvantage. And even I think even if he was playing, they probably wouldn't win. But mm. um, he at least would have helped give them a fighting chance, for lack of a better phrase. Um <laughs> nice uh, job yeah i was proud of that one too yeah uh, they're very nice but yeah so i mean overall uh, you could just say that that fight helped end their season uh with a little less question mark yeah yeah that was um like you said we're not going to spend any time on it but uh yeah i heard about that the other day both people at fault. He shouldn't have thrown a punch. This ain't the first time we've heard of Gobert doing something stupid. He brought the whole, he gave the whole league um, the virus a few years back. This is that guy. So, yeah. Um, and I'm sure Minnesota feels really good about all the assets they traded away for Gobert a year ago, right about now, don't you think? Oh, I'm sure they are thrilled <laughs> what they gave up to get it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, so we'll move off of basketball. All right, you know I'm going to try this. I don't expect this to go anywhere. Have you paid attention? Have you seen anything baseball-wise so far? Highlights, talk, anything? Uh, the only two things I have seen is that most fans seem very, very happy with the pitch clock and the speed of games and that the, I believe it's the Tampa Bay Rays. Undefeated undefeated um getting performances from anybody and everybody on that roster um and just overall playing really good baseball to start the year mm-hmm. tampa bay has consistently been the only small market team that cries poverty all the time but can still wind up being competitive because just because they don't make the big free agent splashes what little money they do have, it seems they always put it in player development. Their guys in the front office are always the first ones that teams try to poach um, to help their team out. They've kind of become what the A's were about 15 years ago in that they're kind of the blueprint for that whole money ball thing. And like you said, they do get contributions. I know, I think last year they had a down year, but they do. They, nobody's better than they are when it comes to getting contributions off the scrap heap and knowing how to make every puzzle piece fit where it's supposed to be. No team better than that. So, and yeah, so those are good things. And yes, the pitch clock has been uh, good so far. Growing pains for some of the players, but I, I don't feel sympathy on that. And then. 
Yeah, the the Mets have had an interesting first couple weeks to start the season. <laughs> I don't know if you saw right on opening day, they right before the game started, they announced that Justin Verlander was starting the year on the injured list. So he hasn't pitched yet. Scherzer, you know, it's funny. The other day I was thinking, do you remember uh, what you said when Scherzer signed with the Mets last season? Um, I can't say off the top of my head I do, but I'm sure it had something to do with him being old. Yeah, no, you paraphrase. I, I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, but it was basically like, Mike, I know what you're going to say. He's going to get hurt, but yeah, honestly, this, this he's got a good track record. Like, you talked it up like it was a good thing. The only mention of the age was just like, I, Mike, I know where your mind is going. Well, it went there. And yes, now the age is starting to get uh, through to him a little bit. And he hasn't looked very good his first two starts, but he was able to muscle through and pull out five innings yesterday. And that's our big area of concern right now is the starting pitching because Scherzer's gotten lit up. The two young guys have been okay. Quintana's out for at least till August. The guy Kodai Senga, the big uh, Japanese pitcher that we got this offseason, he's actually been pretty good. He looked horrible his first inning against uh, Miami last weekend. But since then, this guy's been on track. He's been doing pretty good. Um, and, yeah, the, the Mets lineup, they, they went with all the veterans. They didn't take up all, any of the young guys. And the young guy who is on the roster right now, they're not exactly giving him a lot of playing time. So... The lineup is what it is. Unfortunately, it's struggling just like it did at the end of last season. And we're playing the Padres tonight. We beat them yesterday. That's that's the team that killed us last season. So, I don't know. It's still early in the season, but I will tell you, I, I said this after you left last week, and I'll say it again. I, I'm fine with the fact that they haven't gotten off to a hot start like they have the last couple seasons. But if things don't start to get going soon, this is one of those seasons that can snowball very quickly and the Mets be out of it by July if things go bad. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Well, how's the, re how's the rest of the division playing? Is anybody, like, already off to a hot start where they're getting a big lead on the Mets, or is it still a tight, tight race so far? Well, I mean, the Braves only have a one-game lead right now. But I, I've said this before. And I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell you this, the, a, the NL East, which is the only team in – the NL East is the only division in baseball where four teams have won championships. Every team except the Mets have won a championship in the goddamn division. The NL East is known for basically everybody acts like they're half asleep for the first two months of the season, and then that one team decides to get going at just the right time and have the miracle run. Braves had it in 2021. Nationals had it in 2019. Phillies had it last year, almost won the championship. Mets had it in 2015 and lost the World Series. So that's that's the thing right there for me. Yet what you said is true. As long as no one jumps out early, uh, that's a good thing if everybody can keep pace. I've seen this movie before, and I'm just hoping that, um, yeah, I'm just really hoping that the Mets can answer the bell when it when it happens. And 
something ha- I'm hoping that something happens because, like I said, I this is one of those I could see it going very bad very quickly here, even with kind of keeping pace. If they don't wake up at that right time, that's a problem. Well, I mean, there's 31 other teams in the Major League Baseball you could say that about. So uh, you just you take it, you take it the one game at a time, right? Even though it's a long season, you still got to go one game at a time and keep pace. And then, like you said, you, you hope your your team is the team that gets hot at the right time and rides that momentum into the playoffs and and hopefully to a World Series. So mm-hmm. yeah, we had uh, Yeah, Yeah, I mean, listen, I go back to the conversation we had a few months back about narratives don't change. And we had the the incredible year we had last season that ended in utter, utter disaster. Hopefully the narrative changes soon, but we can move off of this. Did you have anything else sports wise you wanted to bring up, sir? Uh, I did not. Uh, the fact you threw the Masters in there covered everything I could think of. Cool. Yeah, I did that just for you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm a good friend. Thank you, good. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, I know you have. You saw this earlier today, so I guess we'll talk a little pop culture here. Uh, the trailer for the Marvels dropped today. Um, highly anticipated movie. This has been pushed back. It was supposed to come out this summer. Now I think it's coming out in November. I actually really liked Miss Marvel. Not the biggest fan of Captain Marvel. Uh, the movie, at least. I don't care about her, the character. She's fine. And we see the return of Monica Rambeau from WandaVision, who I liked very much. What would you think of the trailer, sir? Oh, I was satisfied that they already gave me some... Uh some background on how the hell Captain Marvel showed up at the end of Miss Marvel. Um, so that, that, that already made me happy. Uh, Kamala Khan seeing uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Meanwhile, she just randomly appears in space though. She was in her bedroom, you know, <laughs> a second earlier. Uh, the girl that plays her, I just think is adorable. Um, there's no other way to say it. Like she's just adorable. Um uh, mm-hmm. And I, and I think the three of them will go well, uh, work well together. Uh, Marvel has a really good job of getting, you know, actors and actresses that you may never have thought to pair together and pairing them together and getting a great performance out of them. So I, I think overall, like overall, I'm excited for the movie um, and I think it'll be fun. And what's going to be interesting is that uh, Secret Wars with Samuel L. Jackson. Invasion. Or, that that or was Secret Invasion. Uh, will have wrapped up by the time this movie comes out. So that lets you know that there's a good chance that House uh, Secret Invasion ends um, could tie directly into why Samuel L. is floating around space. So I know they kind of tied into that at the, what was that, the end of Captain Marvel was that he was floating around? I can't remember. That one was uh, the second Spider-Man movie. Right, yeah. So like, I mean, they're, they're, we know he was out there. We also haven't really seen him. So, like, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they do all this Cole stuff because I know Secret Invasion is a huge storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm curious to know, like, is Secret Invasion going to be just the first part of what's to come, right? Like, is well, the whole going to be I, I'm, in 
with Kang. Well, let me, okay. You went in a direction. I didn't think you were going in there. Um, let me just throw one thing in there. The Marvels was delayed. So I, if I'm not mistaken, that means secret war was initially supposed to come out after miss Marvel's. So I wonder if chronologically Miss Marvels would be taking place before Secret Invasion. Um, but yeah, what you just brought up, the Scrolls and Kang, that's something I didn't even think about. I want this to have long-lasting effects in the MCU. I don't want this to just be a throwaway miniseries, Secret Invasion, because like you said, I, I never read the comics, but everything I've read up on that one, various little Wikipedias or whatever, I, that one intrigues me quite a bit. So I'm hoping it has those long reaching effects that you just talked about there. Well, I watch, I've watched the um, Avengers assemble cartoon. It's on Disney plus. Yeah. Like it's like five or six seasons. Each season's like 25, 26 episodes. And literally an entire season is dedicated to secret invasion. Hmm. So you're talking 20, uh, you know, half hour episodes are dedicated to Secret Invasion. And the way that they tie Kang into it is that Kang actually comes back from the future to try and kill Captain America because in the, the future that Kang came from, Captain America is the reason the world is going to come to an end. <laughs> But what ends up happening is it's actually a scroll impersonating Captain America that causes the events that Kang travels back in time for. Ah. So that's why I made that statement is because I watched it in the cartoon. Now, obviously, you know, Captain America is either old and still alive or old and dead. Um, so I don't know if that same type of storyline could even work but it doesn't mean you can't use sam wilson's captain america and go that route right so i, I mean that's that's the fun thing right there's so many avenues they can go they use the comic books as foundational pieces they don't use them for the entire story so they they add their own ideas and thoughts and twists and turns so but yeah, no, I enjoyed the teaser trailer. I thought it was fun. Uh, again, Kamala Harris is just, the girl that plays her is just fucking adorable. Um, her being, you know, floating backwards and being like, is this a te an Avengers test? I, yeah. I was dying. I was like, oh my God, this girl is just a child in an adult world with no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah. So, you know, like that, that's the kind of stuff that to me makes it exciting. I enjoyed Captain Marvel. It definitely wasn't one of the best Marvel movies by any fucking means. Um, but overall, I did enjoy it. Um, and, and I did think Monica Rambeau was a pretty cool little intro introductory character in WandaVision. I don't think they needed her in WandaVision. I think that show would have been great just the way it was without having her character. Mm -hmm. um, but I did like her character and, and the, the you know tidbits we got and the fact that she's the daughter of, you know, Miss uh, Miss Marvel's or Captain Marvel's mom, or no, sorry, she's the daughter of Captain Marvel's best friend. Yes, yes. 
that's pretty cool. And I'm sure that's going to end up being discovered uh, when we get into this movie. And that's going to be something that brings them together. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely interested to see what they do with this and how they do it. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I think I hinted this at you a couple of weeks ago. Marvel's got to gain some goodwill back because um, I, 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 you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantum Mania yet, right? Oh, no, I did see it. What did you think? I enjoyed the entire movie until the end. <laughs> Which part at the end? The, the way that they quote-unquote defeated him. <laughs> like the movie was entertaining i found comedy in it I, I like it was what i expected from a marvel movie especially one that's main character is paul rudd um so overall i enjoyed the movie but the way they ended it i was like really like this almighty powerful fucking guy and and you end up you just make this simplistic ending after the ants like i thought the even the ants i thought it was pretty funny but like it's just the overall way that they ended up winning just was that, that, that to me felt like, to me, that almost felt like um, the end of game of Thrones. Like I felt like you just wrote this script that people could enjoy and then just were like, all right, fuck it. We're good. Okay. <laughs> um, that's pretty well said. I'll do you one better on that one. Um, the, I had more of a problem with the entire movie just because I just thought it was okay. I wasn't blown away by it. And that bothered me because I feel like Marvel's kind of getting himself into a little bit of a rut, a little bit with complacency, not the biggest fan of the guys that they got the writers for, but to, to go back to you. Um, so yeah, that's how they take out Kang. It looks like um, Scott Lang made this giant sacrifice um, trapped in the quantum realm. And then you turn around. Oh, Hey, hope. How you doing? So I, I get you on that, but that's that's kind of what I mean. That you know they got to gain some goodwill back because I do feel like the last couple movies haven't landed the way they should have, and now you know you don't you don't question Marvel's track record, but you do wonder if it's starting to go to certain people's heads. So I, I am hopeful that the Marvels will, will be good. Um, uh, everything you've said about Miss Marvel, I absolutely agree with you on. Iman something, I think is her name. I can't remember her last name, but she's fantastic. Up until uh, the last five minutes of the finale, I didn't really like, but other than that, I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. I thought it was one of their better Disney Plus shows. Up there with WandaVision, and I like Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I like Loki. I think all of them have had issues with sticking the landing at that ending, but for the most part, Miss Marvel was awesome, so I'm looking forward to seeing her, Monica Rambeau, and we'll see how Brie Larson does on this. I don't really mind her as Captain Marvel, and I didn't dislike her first movie. It's just, it was okay. That's how I looked at it, so I'm hopeful for this. Yeah, I mean, really quick, like you said, uh, they definitely, with all these shows for the most part and movies lately, they definitely have struggled a little bit with sticking and landing. I think the only one they didn't struggle with was Loki. Hmm. Like, they could have went with him going with the love interest. They didn't let that happen. They could have let Kang live. They didn't let that happen. They could add some cockamamie way to let the multiverse kind of stick together. They didn't let that happen. Then when Loki goes back, 
the two, nobody knows who the hell he is because he's in a completely time different time zone. And the last thing you see is a statue of Kang. Like <laughs> Loki, I, I don't think you could have done that ending any better. WandaVision, definitely think that could have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, even like Winter Winter Soldier and the Falcon, like I really enjoyed that. And like, I understand based off of what type of message they were trying to relay why he had that long you know stretched out speech at the end um i didn't hate the things that he said i just for a show a movie or you know the the concept and basis behind it like it didn't need to be what it was i think they could have shortened it and still gotten the same point across so Mm -hmm. that took away from that for me so i'm with you there like um but yeah overall though I'm with like Captain Marvel enjoyed it. Like if you told me I could never watch it again, I'm not going to get upset. <laughs> or, like if you told me that about like Endgame or Iron Man, like I'd fight you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, um, Ant Man and Quantum uh, Quantum Mania. I think we can both agree, not a top ten MCU movie. Yeah, I won't fight you on that one, my friend. I know there we go. I know we disagree on a lot of <laughs> Marvel, but that is one. Like I would watch that one again, but I'll wait. That'll be on Disney Plus on you know Saturday night where I want. I don't want to go anywhere or do anything and just watch a movie and go to bed. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. that. But yeah, the the Marvels I'm excited for. I hope it's as good. Like that little teaser trailer made it look really good. I honestly, I'm telling you, for some reason, I just have this feeling that Secret Invasion is going to set a whole new tone. Um, like you know, still keep it interesting and and off the wall like uh thing once everything started with uh doctor strange and the multiverse of madness like i think it's still going to be a lot you know crazier than what we were watching with the infinity saga but i think that i think that show is going to give it a a little bit more of a darker side to it kind of how they made kang look in in the in parts of uh the ant-man movie Mm mm-hmm like that, yeah. that murderistic, the world is mine, the universe is mine, every universe is mine, I'll kill whoever I've got to kill, I'll do whatever I've got to do, like, I think you're going to see a little bit more of that type of darkness after, during and after Secret Invasion. Well, I really hope so, I'm going to be honest. I really do, because like I said, I, not only do I like that, I do feel we need some so, sort of tone shift. Because like I like I told you when they draw they announced that they were going um, Secret War and then uh, Kang Dynasty, I felt like they were almost rushing it because we haven't gotten to the point where we care about all these guys yet, uh, like we did uh, the first batch pre uh, Avengers Endgame. So um, uh, a tonal shift, I think, is definitely in order. So I, I'm with you, and I'm I'm hoping it's going to be good. That trailer definitely looked good, though. So. Got some hope for that. Um, you said something that I wanted to go back to, and I'm trying to remember what it was here. Oh, sticking with the Disney Plus shows for a second. Um, I don't know that we've had a chance to talk about this one because I think this has been out there for a little while now. But I know you and me, when they announced that they were doing Daredevil on Disney Plus, being guys who watched the Netflix Daredevil, and we both really like the uh, Netflix Daredevil. I think we were a little concerned about what type of tonal shift they would give Daredevil because 
we both enjoyed the dark tone. And I think I said this with Eric one time, or he said it or something like that. Um, not every episode is like dark and dreary. There are some light moments. So it's not that you can't introduce humor into it. It's just that it's got to keep kind of the grittiness and all that. So with that preference, John Bernthal supposedly will be back in the Daredevil uh, Disney Plus show as Punisher. And I'm wondering how that sat with you on that one, because Bernthal was always pretty adamant that if he couldn't be true to the Punisher the way the character was intended, he didn't want to do it. And then you hear that Bernthal's in. What were your thoughts when you heard that? That I hope it's because it, he'll be able to be the same character we watched on Netflix. My fear is that Disney just threw so much money at him, he couldn't say no. So time will tell on which one mm. is but I think Disney understands the the expectations of what people have for the shows that they're going to redo that were on Netflix. Because let's be honest, they all were successful. Yeah, like Iron Except- Fist, even Iron Fist got a second season. Netflix ain't mm-hmm. giving you a second season just to give you one. True. I'll so- give you that. They were all successful in some form or fashion. And I think I would like to hope Disney is aware of what they have to choose. Mm. Yeah. And I've always liked John Bernthal as a person because everything I've ever seen from him in like interviews, I've always wanted to think that that's a guy who just gets it. So I'm hoping it's not he did. They just backed the truck up to, for him. I'm, I'm hoping that's not what it is because <laughs> I still want to like the guy. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I was a little more at ease when I heard that I did hear they're recasting certain roles. The only one that I off the top of my head that I can think of that they recast was kind of a minor role. There's a difference to actress playing Wilson Fisk's wife, but I think the ones who are, pl- who played foggy and the one who played, um, Karen, I don't think they're in this. The so guy, we'll guy who played Foggy is in it. I know that for a fact. Oh. I, I don't heard. know if the girl that played Karen is in it, but I know the guy who played Foggy is in it. Okay. Fulton Reed from the Mighty Ducks, yes. Um, all right. But I'm looking forward to that one. Hopefully it's good. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up pop culture-wise tonight? Nah, my man, we hit our hour and a half mark. I think I'm good. Yeah, I think so, too. So I think with that, we will get out of here for tonight. Thank you to everybody for listening to us on our various podcasting outlets. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Bullhorn. Rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. And we'll get out of here for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Eric Pfeiffer and Larry Schmelrose with us earlier tonight. Let's do some final thoughts. Dave Hastings. As always, my man, pleasure to be here. And uh, until next week. Thanks, Dave. And I am Mike Agliolaro. Thank you, everyone, for listening once again. We will see you all next week.